What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Ben Online. My name is Tom Westerholm. I'm joined by Nicole Yang, Chris Grenham. Jason Tatum today talked at Team USA about a bunch of different things, but especially about his close personal pal, Bradley Beal. Both of them talked about how much they enjoyed playing with each other. Both of them have talked about how excited they are to be in the Olympics together, how excited they are to be two St. Louis guys who lived five minutes apart in their childhood, you know, playing in the Olympics together. What a dream. What a chance for these guys to share the court. I mean, it was very reminiscent of the all-star conversations and how they basically said the exact same things. These guys like each other a lot. My two takeaways were, one, they don't seem to get all that annoyed with people asking them at every single turn, hey, you remember you grew up with Bradley Beal or grew up with Jason Tatum? Do you guys remember you're both from St. Louis? Do you guys remember you both went to Chaminade? Like they could just be like, yeah, man, we've talked about this again and again, but they actually are pretty enthusiastic with their answers every time, which is a great sign for Celtics fans rooting for some tampering during the Summer Olympics. The other thing I took away was Bradley Beal's response to someone asking him, hey, are guys going to be asked or like talking about teaming up in the future? And he's like, I don't know, probably a lot. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he could have just said like, no, we're focused on the gold, which he added at the end. But I thought it was pretty funny that he said, yeah, probably a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd even go like, probably a little. No, probably a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. <laughs> that was really funny. I also thought Tatum had a line that I thought was pretty funny. He said, he was asked basically like, what do you, what do you want to take away from this experience? And then he made very sure to say, just the relationships you build with these guys, we're going to be together for the next six or so weeks. So really just together. So just building those relationships. It is tampering season out there. Like, I'm not sure how much they would go out anyway in Tokyo, but because of the coronavirus protocols, they're under like pretty strict restrictions. They're only allowed to stay at the hotel, I think, go to select restaurants, like very similar to the bubble and then go to practice. So they're going to be spending like a ton of time with each other and just really bonding. Like there's no other way to put it. And Tom, you specifically were not helping the bonding momentum by any means, right? Right? You didn't post any photos from USA Basketball from Getty Images of Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard and Jason Tatum just laughing, having a jolly old time. You didn't do that to like stir the pot or anything, did you? Known not pot stirrer, me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it was just very funny because like you log on to the, the Getty website and like the first thing when you type in Tatum is just a picture of him just hamming it up with Beal and Lillard. Obviously, we've had a few instances now where Lillard and Tatum have kind of been connected from before and just kind of, you know, them saying like, yeah, I spoke to, you know, the other guy, like those two seem to be a little bit tighter than I think anybody knew. So yeah, to have to have that photo come out, I mean, I, I tweeted it out because it was just, I mean, it was just very funny. It's everything that everybody talks about with the Olympics. And I think when you look at the players who are there, those three probably make some of the most sense to be tampering with each other, right? Like Beal's on a, sorry, Grenham, a bad Wizards team. Dame is on a mediocre Blazers team that really isn't going anywhere. I mean, Tatum's on a Celtics team that like you know really struggled last year like there are reasons to kind of single all three of those guys out where there might not be with other teams like you know Bam Adebayo is young but that Miami team is pretty good and you know it's pretty complete like I don't really see him going anywhere or like you know I mean we talked about Zach Levine last time I just don't think he's he's just not on the level of Tatum Beal and uh, Lillard so I mean you kind of go through the list and it's like those three are guys who make a lot of sense to be hamming it up. 
Tatum went on this podcast and among the various questions he was asked, one of them was like, okay, if you can't take the last shot, but you need someone to take a game winner, who are you picking? And he said Kyrie Irving, but then he said Dame. It seems like they, I don't know where this started, or maybe it's just like a game respects game type of thing, but it sounds like they do really have like an affinity for one another. I mean, this is something that we talked about a couple of times now. Like Datum is cool. Like other stars are going to want to play with him because he's cool. He's like that. He's like that kind of talent. And I think, yeah, I mean, game respects game. And I mean, that's part of the reason that he picked Dame for that is because Dame is insanely clutch. But again, like you can't discount the fact that these are two superstars who could team up, who, uh, you know, who are saying very nice things about each other in public. Exactly. Especially because that podcast was recorded after all this buzz started. Like it wasn't yeah. something that was prior to that. And he like was watching his words. Like if he wanted to watch his words, he could have. Yeah, Jaden buzz- doesn't really watch his words when it comes to this stuff. Like he didn't really watch, he doesn't really watch his words with Beal. I don't, it doesn't feel like that much of a mystery. <laughs> like, I, don't I don't think know. it's like intentional. It's not like he's like, he's just like him talking off the cuff. Nicole, to your point, all of these little like Lillard and Tatum notes, they had like popped already before that podcast. So like, it's all very relevant info that's tied like, yeah, it sounds like they're pretty tight. And it sounds like they have a major, major respect for each other's games. And maybe they'd like to be teammates someday. So it's impossible not to connect the dots a little bit, you know? It's also not that hard to connect the dots in terms of like how you could make it happen. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mean to like fan the flames anymore. And this is just purely from like a speculative thing. And and I know Celtics fans obviously like love Jalen Brown and should, but like, it's just not that hard to connect the dots to like, you trade for Damian Lillard, then you have Dame and Tatum. And then it's like, okay, Beal's contract is up in 2023. He might want to play in a certain place with a certain pal of his with like two other stars. You know, he might be willing to, you know, demand a trade to some of a team like that. Like, obviously it's all like super speculation and all that, but like really again we're connecting these dots but they're not difficult dots to connect so it's one of those childs you connect dot one to dot two to dot three it's not hard per se so we'll see i i think that's noteworthy interesting all of the above especially based on based on the comments and everything I was on TikTok today and a potential Celtics trade came up on my For You page. This guy was talking about what the Celtics need to do this offseason. And it was trade like Grant Williams. I don't know, trade like some of the younger players at the bottom of the roster and picks for Caleb Martin from the Charlotte? yes from the Charlotte Hornets and two second round picks and I was like okay where is this going and then he goes and now you have enough money and enough room to sign Lonzo Ball and so my point in bringing that up is those dots required like epic levels of mastery <laughs> to connect like I don't know how yeah. he came up with that whereas what Tom just proposed was not too difficult for him to reach that conclusion yeah, you don't have to three. right you don't have to stretch to connect those dots also what is nba tiktok like because nba instagram is terrible like i always have oh, these accounts so bad. pop up on the page with like your popular page or whatever it is on instagram with all these like hypothetical trades and rumors and it is the worst content on the planet is that what nba tiktok is like there's like one section where it's like they just post a tweet like they take a screenshot of a tweet and then they just put it on tiktok and that's the tiktok instagram does that too so that's like instagram yeah Yeah. and then there's a section of just like people who aren't reporters who like they're kids like i feel like this kid that 
the TikTok I was just referring to, I feel like he was 14 years old. Just doing cap gymnastics to get Lonzo Ball. Just like children. Of all the people. Of yeah. all the people to do that much work for. Like, I like Lonzo, but like, I am sorry. If you think that Lonzo Ball is the missing piece the Celtics need to be a championship team, you are 14. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So then it's a lot of that, like people who just want to share their thoughts. But the crazy part about TikTok, and I think this is true for like other sectors, like not just sports, is that those posts get traction. Like that post had 10,000 likes. Like people were behind it. So people love the Caleb Martin move. (laughs) It's really easy to like gain a following on TikTok. So yeah, Much harder that, to get a, get a following on Twitter where we all got it out the mud. Worked my ass off for this. Me too. <laughs> Nicole, known tweeter. But no, it's, it's an interesting experience. Another big section of TikTok is like tests of, are you a real NBA fan? And there's just like different levels of difficulty and they just show pictures of NBA players and you have to be able to name them. Otherwise you aren't a real NBA fan. <laughs> I might download TikTok. I might be in. Between Caleb Martin and testing my fandom, I might be in. I'll start sending you guys the tests. I'm not going to click on a single one of those. I'm sorry to show that. I guarantee you, I will. Back a little thumbs up every time. I don't know. I passed. I don't know if this is on Instagram too, but there's like a filter of just like a rotating NBA logo and then it will stop on a team. So it'll be like the Spurs and then people will have to put together a starting lineup. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah. I've seen those before. That's another section, but yeah, doesn't that sound fun? Actually, it does sound kind of fun. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You sold me with a Caleb Martin trade to free up cap space for Lonzo Ball. I'm very sold. Which I did not confirm whether that's true, but it sounds very (laughs) suspect. No, that 14-year-old is correct. He is my cap guru. Anyway, I will start sending any NBA TikToks. Wonderful. Perfect. All right. Well, a couple other things from Tatum's availability that were probably notable. He, this was the first opportunity uh, anybody had to talk to him about Ime Udoka, about Brad being the president of basketball operations. Tatum said, yeah, it was a lot at first with all the changes. Um, I'm excited about the new coach. Ime, and he, he said, but change is good sometimes, which I thought was interesting. He said, I'm excited about our new coach, Ime. Obviously, Kemba was my man. You hate to see him go and wish nothing but the best for him. Happy to have Al back. He looked better in green anyway, which is a pretty funny line from Tatum. So, and then, you know, a little bit later, he just said that he liked all of the finalists. He he did the thing that players like to do where he's like, yeah, you know, that's their job. Uh, You know, that's the front office's job and my job to go play. (laughs) All right, dude. Like, as you, again, ham it up with Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal. But he did say that about the coach. He was just like, yeah, this, this, that was their job. So also kind of funny that he was like, yeah, that's their job. But I liked all the finalists. I had relationships with all of them and you couldn't really go wrong. So I was deeply involved in this process. It's, it's, <laughs> it's their job to find the coach that I'm going to like. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I guess like one of the concrete takeaways I had was that they were consulting him throughout the process. I kind of assumed that, but you never know if they just like pick email and then they're like, okay, what do you think? And then if he says no, they go back to the drawing board. It seems like he was involved throughout and like aware of who was at what stage and who was moving forward and things like that. So I think that's good in a way, like they clearly value his opinion and it wasn't just like, okay, do you sign off on it? cool. All right. This is the guy. It was much more collaborative, it seems. And then like something, I guess a little less concrete is just that like, I don't know if it's the setting. I don't know if it's because it's technically the off season and it's not in the daily grind of speaking to media, especially this past season on a condensed schedule. Tatum just seems happier. 
even just in his remarks, like what you were saying, Tom, like he like put in a little quip there. We know Tatum's a funny guy, but we don't always get that side of him. So I just feel like he's in a better mood. Again, I could just be fanning the flames right now with a like ginormous fan. <laughs> That's exactly what we're all doing. Yes. He does Again, know. though, what do you want us to do? Tatum was asked, like, who, who on the team are you going to learn from? The first guy he says, I mean, okay, the first guy he says is Beal. The second guy he says, that's amazing, playing with all these guys. Dame. Like, the first name he says. Those right. rumors were out there. He knows. But also, don't... Nicole's right. He, yeah. He seems happier. Like, he does. And I don't think anyone would look at this last Celtic season and say it was a fun season for any of them. <laughs> I don't think he had a great time. But he does seem a little lighter, like, a little happier. It's That is impossible to ignore. And again, like Nicole was saying, maybe it's just the offseason. I mean, he did just spend a bunch of time in Miami. There's so much less pressure. I know it's the Olympics, but there's so much less pressure here. I mean, if Tatum has a bad game, Damian Lillard is there to pick him up. If Dame and Tatum have a bad game, KD is there to pick him up. It's different. It's lower pressure. It's it's lower stakes, honestly. I know that sounds weird to say about like a gold medal, but it, it's, it is. It's just lower stakes. So there is all of that. However, everything else. <laughs> you missed an opportunity there to keep fanning the flames by saying KD instead of Bradley Beal, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, but that's the point, right? I'm not trying to fan the flames. The flames are just. They're fanning themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> the fire's out of control. At it's this out point. of control. There is no putting it out. It will not be put out. This is like day three. <laughs> yes. And the more B-roll that comes out of Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal taking jumpers next to each other, the bigger the fire gets. And it's just going to keep going and going and going. Well, I mean, it's clear that these guys are friends too. Like if they're friends, they're going to be photographed together. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Also, this might just be me having more focus on Tatum as opposed to the other guys because we cover the Celtics. But it really seems like USA Basketball social media accounts are leaning into Jason Tatum. And maybe that's because Celtics fans are just like, yeah, every time there's any Tatum content. But it seems like they are leading with that on every platform. Tell me if I'm wrong, but like, that's what I've picked up. No, it's a hundred percent. And and the other and the other thing that's happening is that it feels like Greg Popovich is really like eyeing Tatum and going, That's the future right there. That's our guy. guy. You know, he was asked about him, but you know, he's he said some very nice things about him, said that everybody was super down after Tatum got injured in twenty nineteen because they saw him as kind of the guy. Like, you know, it's the NBA sees Tatum the same way we do. Everybody's looking at him and thinking, like, okay, that guy's that guy's the truth, that guy's the future. This is kind of happening with him. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I thought was notable, he said he's feeling good, like physically. He noted that he got some time off, which helped him out. He feels refreshed. There was so much criticism when it was announced that he was going to join Team USA and people were kind of complaining that he hasn't had any rest and from the bubble and 2019 FIBA World Cup and da 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 da, -da, which is all true. He He hasn't had a lot of time off, but the Celtics had an early playoff exit. As we noted when we talked about it on the podcast, of course, he knows himself better than anyone else does. And it seems like the added time off from the early playoff exit did help him out. And he seems to be in a good place physically. And Tom, kind of like what you said before, this isn't as taxing as a basketball situation as it is leading the Celtics and having to put up 20 plus shots a night. You have other all world players alongside you. So there's not as much, you know, physical stress on him during this training camp and during this schedule, even if he's going to be one of the main contributors on this team. So I thought that was a, a positive note, especially for a lot of people who were nervous about him going and, and playing for Team Yosef. 
one of the most interesting non-flame fanning quotes was he was asked basically about like Greg Popovich having confidence in him. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, when in 2019, I was hurt emotionally when I hurt my ankle and wasn't able to play. I wanted to be out there with those guys and finish what we went there to do. He mentioned the long flights, going to different countries, spending all this time together, so much time invested in training camp. And he said, um, it didn't happen. So I think that's one of the reasons I was so eager to come play this time around. I kind of had a sour taste in my mouth after the last experience. This meant something to him, something beyond just, you know, trying to win a gold medal. Like, you know, he, he feels like I think he feels like he has something to prove and something that he didn't get to accomplish that he really wants to accomplish. So obviously, you know, Celtics fans are going to want Jason Tatum to be in bubble wrap all offseason, except for like workouts with Drew Hamlin or whatever. Like, of course, they want that. And, and that makes sense. But at the same time, guys have goals for their careers and the superstars, a lot of them want a gold medal. Tatum, not only does he want a gold medal, he feels like he has unfinished business. Yeah. And one more Tatum note with, I think it was Tim Reynolds of the AP. Yeah. Tim Reynolds talked to Tatum about wearing number 10. It's the first Olympics since Kobe passed away. And it seems like that's really important to Tatum. It it sounded like it really does mean a lot to him. And that was obviously number 10 was Kobe's USA basketball number. And it seemed like that was like, really, really did mean a lot to him. No, that's gotta be like so special for him. Yeah. I can't imagine. Even to this day, he would still wear the purple armband whenever they played the Lakers. Like, we all know that's so well documented. Tatum's love for Kobe. That's how he got into basketball. And he hasn't been shy with sharing how much he loved and how much he looked up to him. That has to be so meaningful. I mean, that honestly, I thought that was really cool. For a guy who really idolized Kobe, That's gotta that's got to kind of mean everything. A couple more odds and ends before we get to our draft here. Assistant coaches. Jay Laranega and Jamie Young are out. They join Jerome Allen as guys who are confirmed gone. You know, we mentioned before Scott Morrison interviewed for a Wizards job. I actually, I didn't know that he interviewed for the Wizards head coaching job, which I thought was interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize that was the case. I thought he was just talking to them about having a job in case the Celtics thing went south. But then today, the big news was, and we're recording this on Wednesday, today, the big news was that Damon Stoudemire has agreed to be a Celtics assistant coach. Stoudemire was the head coach at Pacific. Uh, when he when he was hired at Pacific, they were 8-20. and 20. The 2019-20 season, they were well above 500. I don't remember what the exact total was. They probably would have made the NCAA tournament if it wasn't for Gonzaga being also in the WCC. So, you know, he's had a lot of success as a head coach. He grinded his way up through the assistant coaching ranks. He worked in a bunch of different places. He's a guy who obviously was an NBA player before. He has plenty of experience with with that. He's got plenty of experience connecting with players. And he's got a ton of experience now coaching in every facet. He grew up with Ime Udoka in Portland. So obviously, you know, connection there. Seems like an ideal assistant coaching hire. He checks so many of the boxes that we were talking about when we were going through head coaching candidates, right? He's a really successful former player. He has NBA assistant coaching experience. I think he was in he was in Memphis for four years. He's head coaching experience at Pacific. Like there's a lot of a lot of his resume just makes a ton of sense for this staff. And a guy like him, who was a really successful former player and also has a versatile coaching background, successful coaching background, you can't really go wrong there. I didn't realize the connection to Ime Udoka before today. That's an obvious plus. It seems like they already have a really good relationship. So I think it's a fantastic addition to a staff that seems to be in pretty good shape already, even though it's still in its early stages. 
with Udoka, Will Hardy, Damon Stoudemire, and assuming Joe Mazzulla sticks around, it's a pretty good group so far. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with all of that. I, I think the interesting thing is, is that, you know, Stoudemire might be a kind of guy who could get head coaching looks down the line. I mean, this this could be a real springboard for him. Like, that'll be interesting to watch. Maybe the Ime Udoka coaching tree uh, starts early. He's an interesting guy from that perspective, too, I think. So is Scott Morrison officially moving on, or is he just pursuing other opportunities right now as they come? But as of now, his spot is still secure with the Celtics or we don't know we don't know if it's secure or not we don't know what his situation is yeah are we also unsure about Brandon Bailey and like Evan Turner yeah we don't I don't think we really know um what their situation is and Morrison was one of the initial interviews for the Wizards but he's not one of the finalists so I don't think he's gonna get that job I would not be surprised if Scott does continue to get interviews. He'll wait until Shemi Ojale figures out his free agency situation and then get a job there as he should yeah. <laughs> well, last thing here for you guys. This is the most ridiculous draft we've done yet, but it's the off season and we're working here. So uh, earlier today, Tatum said that somebody, some reporter asked him what basically what his playlist is that's getting him fired up for the Olympics, uh, something like that. And he said, you know, his favorite musicians are Jay-Z, Nelly, Drake. He listed off a bunch of like, you know, Rick Ross, just like the most popular rappers kind of like an era removed, right? Like not quite like the most modern guys, but like, sure, you know, you're big Jay-Z Drake fan, fine. And I was just, I was thinking about it. It made me chuckle because like what Tatum listens to and what Rob Williams listens to just seems barely connected, like by a thread. Like Rob is big on a lot of, a lot of the more modern guys that you, you know, like your NBA young boy, you know, Kodak Black, like a lot of those guys that, you know, are are pretty popular and and are not just like slightly removed rappers. So I guess we're going to draft rappers. I guess we're going to draft rappers. We are going to draft rappers. (laughs) And this is of course brought to you by our friends at Shades on Beer company the makers of the delicious Gino time stout this is probably yeah this is probably our weirdest draft so far but it's going to be our Gino time draft so so the delicious Gino time stout is almost almost available but you can still go to shades on uh their beer garden and tasting room in west kingston rhode island if you're a celtics fan in rhode island definitely check it out if you're a Celtics fan in New England, just keep an eye out for Shades On Beer Company products. But the delicious Geno Time Stout is right around the corner. And Nicole, let's run the randomizer so we can get going on our favorite rappers. Give me the first pick. All right, let's see. Well, would you look at that? I got the first pick. I don't buy that for a second. Followed by Tom, then Grenham. It's the same order as last episode. This can't be. I will send a screenshot. <laughs> I don't know what to say. At some point, I'm going to think this is a bit. Okay, so like... It's rappers... just a picture of a notes app. I wrote them in this order. I don't know <laughs> what you is... want me to say. You're looking at the order, guys. <laughs> I am going to take Childish Gambino. We don't need to do explanations on this now that I'm thinking about it. We don't need to get in deep here. What's your favorite Childish Gambino song? Let's do that. I like 3005, which is probably pretty basic. Redbone. I like a lot of his music. I Donald Glover is one of my celebrity crushes. I think he is fantastic. My first pick is Juice World. Rest in peace. And my favorite Juice World song is probably Fighting Demons. With my, I got two picks here. I'm going to take Future. I knew Tom was going to take him at some point. So I decided I would grab him. I like a lot of his older stuff. Anything off of Honest, anything off of Pluto 3D. I mean, they're all incredible. My favorite song is probably Fly Shit Only. <laughs> I, I love any Future song, realistically. So he's my first pick. My second pick, I'm going to go with Polo G, who I actually have been 
I wasn't like, I liked him, but I wasn't huge on him up until the last like year or so. Just extremely, extremely catchy music. His new album Hall of Fame is Chef's Kiss for me, Painting Pictures, Epidemic, just really, really good. So Polo G is my second pick. With Future off the board, uh, my second pick is going to be Mac Miller. Uh, Swimming is elite. I'm going to take Tyler, the creator with my next pick. With my last pick, I'm going to take Kid Cudi. I also enjoyed his most recent album, Man on the Moon 3, but I enjoy a lot of his old stuff like Day and Night, Soundtrack to My Life, that type of thing. So Pursuit of Happiness, Steve Aoki remix is a classic. Very good. Like him a lot. Like actually like both of those picks a lot. I'm going to go pretty basic with my third one, but I I just feel like his discography really uh, is is very long. I'll go with Lil Wayne. I'll go NBA Youngboy. Great gym music. Make me run through a wall. So run it up. No smoke. Big whatever, you name it, NBA Youngboy's fantastic. Which is a perfect way to tie it back in to Robert Williams, who is also an NBA Youngboy fan. As is Jason Tatum. I've been in the gym before when Tatum has requested for his, like, you know, he shoots around for a long time after practice. I've heard him numerous times to put on Youngboy. So I think there is a little crossover there. A little more than we would think. Look at that Venn diagram. I actually am curious, though. So if you did make it this far into the show, if you did listen to our complete draft, please share your thoughts. My dad is an avid Geno Time listener. Dad, <laughs> who are your favorite rappers? <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So, so what are the squads? So Nicole has... Childish Gambino, Tyler the Creator, and Kid Cudi. And I had Juice World, Mac Miller, and Lil Wayne. And I had NBA Youngboy, Future, and Polo G. Another random like rapper basketball semi-related anecdote is when Tom and I once were sitting next to each other at a game and they were showing famous people on the Jumbotron. This was before the Celtics had uh, started implementing their like lower third graphics. So you would never know if it was a famous person. You would just have to kind of recognize them, which was a wild choice on their part. And poor like fringe celebrities that would just be up there. Like the BC football coach, one, I remember one time they showed him and there was just no acknowledgement that he was up on the screen. That's mean. That's mean exactly. to do. And I think that's probably what spurred them to be like, oh, we should probably like identify these people. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, they showed this random guy and Tom was like, is that common? And I was like, I have no clue. And he was convinced it was common. And I, of course, was of no use in helping Tom. <laughs> it was common. Him. Like he's a very distinctive looking man. Like it was obviously common. The other one that made me laugh was one time, not laugh. The other one that made me, well... Um, was they showed they showed um, Dave Portnoy and everybody erupted and then immediately afterward they showed 21 Savage you can't really miss 21 Savage like you know you know if you know you know absolutely no reaction to 21 Savage <laughs> I, I do remember that the Celtics have had pretty big rappers come through in Boston like Gucci Mane was obviously a pretty much all thanks to Jalen multiple yeah. times Meek Mill was a guest of Robert Kraft once so they have had big names come through, which I feel like is rare for Boston compared to like LA. Do you guys remember when Snoop Dogg came to the Celtics Lakers game and then left at halftime because he was performing in the venue that's attached to TD Garden? Yes, because I remember one of the PR staff used to send me like the lists of celebrities that would be at the games. And I remember seeing Snoop Dogg and I was like, he has a performance at like 830. (laughs) He walked out at halftime with like 30 people and it just just a trace of weed walking through as I was trying to get to the elevator. (laughs) Yeah, Shocker, I couldn't get to the elevator. (laughs) (laughs) Crown goes on the elevator and is like, I need some popcorn. (laughs) 
So we can leave it there. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to anybody who's left us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. If you haven't, please feel free to do so. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you know where to find us. And we will talk to you all again later this week.